Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Owen Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, and I'm joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel... I think we just like, are we at the point where once again, we're just getting rid of the how's it going because our country is just a shit show right now? Well, first, people like the how it's going. How's it going? And I think it's a, I think it's important that we have that. Okay. Um, but I also think it's one of those things where I, I was introduced to a new um, acronym today. Well, not today, but this weekend. It's OTT. Other than Trump, how are you? Oh, I like that. And. Yeah, no, it's a nice way of being able to move past it because um, I went to go get dinner with my friend and her boyfriend on Sunday, and as soon as I got into the car, we were immediately talking about Bannon's ascension to the National Security Council, Mm -hmm. and we were driving for like 10 minutes, and we only talked about everything that happened last weekend. Yeah. And that was it. And then we got out of the car, and her boyfriend was just like, okay, no more Trump talk. That's it. That's all that's happening. (laughs) But there's so much more to say. And he's just like, I don't care. Yeah. We need to talk about something else. So OTT is actually a nice way of, like, dealing with that in a way. Mm -hmm. So, Kate, OTT, how are you? I'm I'm, I'm struggling to think of an OTT (laughs) because T has dominated a lot of my last week. Um, I'm doing taxes. so you're doing taxes that's i'm finding out that i think i made less less money than last year which i guess is good because it's already like nothing i can do about that and now i have fewer taxes to pay i guess that's true yeah so i don't know it's just i've been it's i i I like i applaud and appreciate and i like the the concept of ott but yeah it's that's not my reality yet so um right with t i am uh yeah, just a ball of frustrations and, and anxieties. I will say, though, that it was very, very comforting for me um, earlier this week when I uh, – because of my work schedule, I get home very late. Uh, I teach, yeah. and I and I don't get back until, like, 1030 or even later sometimes. And so part of the week – now, the nice thing about that is that I get to sleep in because I work when other people are off of work. So I work later in the day. So I got up in the morning and was like, you know what? it and i went back to went back to bed and just kind of curled under the, some of the covers and watched like supergirl and crazy girlfriend stuff on my phone i was just like it was very nice <laughs> i didn't check twitter i didn't because i was watching it i couldn't you know check all these other yeah. things and it was just this little like bubble of a, of a couple hours of just like enjoying my stories and it was i was like this this is actually really nice. I have to make more of a point to to watch at least a few things every week without letting myself check Twitter at the same time. I don't know. Have you found yeah. any of that? Yeah, it's actually been like really important. Um, is unplugging uh, has proven to be really important, uh, especially like during the workday when stuff just keeps rolling out. For a few days this week, I was watching Spicer's. Uh, daily press briefings and just getting ragey and <laughs> like you do, do that <laughs> yeah i didn't do that on thursday or friday and i also made it a point not to watch his bachelor supreme court announcement um, yeah because no you don't get uh, my just, ratings sir 
Well, I mean, he no one gets ratings for that. I mean, only Nielsen households count, but they're mm-hmm. going to they don't explain Nielsen household ratings in press press releases. And they're going to decontextualize like Facebook Live and YouTube and Twitter average watching moment type stuff, which is all just bullshit anyway. Those metrics are terrible. Mm -hmm. They're not reliable. And so it's just like, I'm not going to give you any way of information for this. And so it's just like, I'll I'll just check Twitter, see who we nominated, and I'll be on my way. But that's been the way is just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to. Take a step back. I'm not going to look at Twitter as often. And I'm going to watch Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to feel a little bit better. And then I just went, I'm going to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion soon. And I just went, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Don't do that. No, you've never watched any of Neon Genesis Evangelion, I'm assuming. I, I know. I'm I'm aware of it. I'm tangentially right. aware. Sure. I, I want to say yeah. I have, but I it would have been in, in uh, undergrad. And so I don't remember. I didn't watch enough to yeah. know. Yeah, it gets really depressing at the end. And then the movie conclusion is also really depressing. Yeah. Maybe counter-program yourself a little bit there, Noel. <laughs> right. No, I need to do, I need, I need to do something else. Um, so, but, I mean, other than that, it's just been, it's been okay. I, I was upset that I didn't get to go to the SeaTac and uh, protest on Saturday. Because mm-hmm. you, you went to O'Hare. I was right? at O'Hare on Saturday and on, on Sunday. Yeah. Like, I've seen people tweeting about, I'll go get a job. It's like, I worked an 11-hour day. And then got my ass to protest. That's how much I hate this ban. This is how troubled I am by the unconstitutionality of this and the way that the Border Patrol is just like, oh, court orders? We don't care. We're just going to do whatever Trump tells us and the administration tells us. And we're going to literally tell people that we're just following orders because we don't understand history. Um, Yeah, so... I, I, I'm feeling actually kind of itchy because I when I work, I can't go to the things that are, like, during the week at night. Like, I, yeah. I can't do those things. Um, so I, I'm itchy to get to a protest this weekend. Uh, it's very satisfying. <laughs> Let me just say. Very satisfying to just stand with a bunch of other people and shout your head off about things that yeah. you feel strongly about. Not a shouter. I just take comfort in standing in large crowds. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, so so for you ott good oh yeah uh things have been fine this week uh i haven't i mean i have a really bad sinus headache that's not exciting no um and it's it was snowing but now it's raining so it's there's very little excitement happening right now. fair enough fair <laughs> enough well there's one thing that we're both very excited about and that is of course the uh the renewal of the good place for season two <laughs> I mean, it, I, I mean, I, I'm very happy. I'm not convinced any of us will be alive to see it, but I'm very happy about it. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> we'll see if half the cast gets deported, but you know, uh, cer- certainly uh, we're very excited about about season two happening. And and it's just like that kind of little little injections of happiness and positive news and things we're excited about and it's important to have those refueling moments and so i was very yeah. excited about that this week we heard from um we heard from one of our listeners jeanette uh who you know, reached out about sweet vicious i heard from a, a couple other people about sweet vicious too so it sounds like uh, some of our listeners are checking it out who like may not have caught on to it immediately but like they're sure. taking advantage of it's like a little quieter right now to start diving yeah. with that so highly recommended i think we you know we both agree um, yeah, 
I'm also very excited about this week. Um, Sam B. Smith B. announced that she's going to be counter-programming the White House Correspondents' Dinner with not the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And I, th- I think they're going to air that on TBS, right? Are they airing it as a special? I don't think they've announced the how they're going to air it at all mm-hmm. yet. Because um, I think they're, I imagine that they're still working out the logistics of that. Yeah, but it is it is BYOB, so yeah. any press going, you have to bring your own alcohol, which makes sense because reporters drink a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and they're only they're only a TBS show. They don't they they don't have the budget to cover a lot of booze. Yeah, but I'm I'm certainly looking forward to that. I thought that was a, a fun thing, and and the impromptu energy and um enthusiasm of people um dealing with the current political situation um and it, that's what's been really heartening about all the stuff that you know that our whole country is dealing with um and the world is reacting to too um yeah. is seeing something like that sam is going ah oh, well screw those guys let's have our own party because i know none of you want to go to their party mm-hmm. um that kind of that, i just didn't enjoy that um was there any other tv news this week well, it's a weird blend of TV news this week, um, for me anyway, in that uh, L- Lifetime slash like A&E, A plus E networks, that that, conglo- that cable conglomerate umbrella type group, signed a three-year deal with the National Women's Soccer League to broadcast their games on Lifetime. Oh, that's really cool. Um, it's very, very cool um, because, I mean, it, li- Lifetime One is launching like a new logo it's much better than the one that they've had for a while. That's that line and then the dot for the L yeah. and it doesn't look like an L. It looks like a, a exclamation mark that kind of tipped over a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but now they're just, they're keeping the circle, but it's got life and then time at the bottom of it. It's much cleaner design basically. Mm-hmm. And, but so they're going to be airing uh, national women's soccer league games on lifetime starting in April, um, which is very exciting. Um, but lifetime is like stool. I think trying to figure out, what its identity is continually mm-hmm. um but it's also like one of the things to remember is that they actually used to air wnba games like when the league first started um which i had forgotten about and someone reminded me of which was really ha- helpful to re- remember but it's it's a big deal because national women's soccer has had a really difficult time like breaking through um it doesn't do well on like espn or anything like that so Lifetime is pretty excited about it um, in terms of using it to bolster like their brand and draw some new eyeballs. And it's also a weird, not weird, but big injection point to because the other thing is, is that A&E became like the an equity stakeholder in the league itself. So they formed a partnership to basically license all the global broadcast rights for the soccer games as well. So a lot of sports are basically just large entertainment companies now. And this is a really profitable, hopefully profitable step for the National Women's Soccer League to start getting some of that pie, basically, uh, being an entertainment company. Because all the other sports companies, sports leagues, are basically just, like I said, oversized entertainment companies. But National Women's Soccer League could never really get a foothold either with an audience or the financial support they needed from, like, larger groups to do anything like this. But now they have that, and I'm really eager to see what this means for them going forward. So it's a big deal for Lifetime, but it's also a big deal for the National Women's Soccer League. Yeah, and having that strong of a of a tie, it's, it's, it's one thing for them to start – broadcasting games it's another thing to know that they're going to keep doing it for a while <laughs> they're going right. to not just going to 
drop. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm glad that they're doing that and branching out. And again, because the, the brand of Lifetime is so strongly like women, you know, but well, white yeah, women, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's, it's nice to see them branching out to other aspects of what that can mean, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Even, even that they've kind of talked about it in like stories and still kind of framing it in like women's stories sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So they're still tacking on a type of narrative that fits their brand, uh, which is something that will be interesting to see how they present the teams mm -hmm. and this, like the sports narrative that they construct um, internally about the games, I think will be really interesting as well, since this isn't going to be something where you like with football or baseball, where you watch where you watch different teams on different channels and maybe the commentators have different sorts of narratives or scripts prepared, or a lot of the narrative is pre-baked into the historical nature, like the Mets Yankees and that sort of a thing is baked into the teams because the NWSL is relatively young. And because you, there'll be a very limited place where you can watch it now is that the narrative can be controlled in a lot of ways or designed in a lot of ways. So I'll be really curious to see how they frame games starting in April and how that goes forward. Yeah. Well, I'll have to try like, like tune in and see what, see what, see how that does and yeah. keep my ears open to it. Cause, uh, and yeah, that's, that's neat. And we'll see see what comes of it um yeah. any uh any final thoughts on on our week here or is it time to dive in with our full week in tv it's time to dive in with our full week in tv i think i'm ready to go ready to I'm go ready. you're raring you're I'm ready yeah i'm raring okay yeah. well now we'll take a break listen to a little crazy ex-girlfriend and come back with our weekend comedy tell me i'm okay patrick Tell me, please, that's all you have to do. Just one little okay, and you'll be on your way. Patrick, I really need that from you. Tell me I'm okay, Patrick. No pressure, but I seriously need to know. I realize your occupation is not gentle validation, but just this once, Patrick, give it a go. You represent the outside world because you don't know me. Your perception of me is completely pure. You don't have an agenda. That's why I need you to lend a hand, Patrick. Because I think I'm fine, Patrick. But I'm only like 43% sure. This week in comedy, we're going to talk a little bit about the premiere, series premiere of Powerless on NBC. The Noel's going to walk us through Santa Clarita Diet, which uh, the first three episodes of that, the first season is up on Netflix. Um, then we'll talk a little Superstore, Ladies Lunch, Jane the Virgin, Chapter 53, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Is Josh free in two weeks? And we'll round things out with a little full frontal with Samantha B talk. Um, first up, though, is Powerless. Now, I was nonplussed by this at yes. Comic-Con. I was like, yeah. it's, there's a lot of charming people, but for me, it doesn't work yet. Um, what did you think? I th think it's much more positively received than, yeah. than it was by me. So what did you think of it? Am, am I just uh, cranky? <laughs> yeah, you're cranky. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't think you're cranky. I understand where you're coming from. The pilot is kind of, it's a little off. Like the pacing and the rhythms of it are a little off. 
But for me, Vanessa Hudgens in particular does a really nice job of keeping it going for me, even if I still feel like the cast was trying to figure out like dynamics with one another. And some of it was also just in the editing with a lot of shot reverse stuff, shot reverse stuff, shot reverse shot stuff that didn't work quite as well for me that made it feel a little choppier than I think it should have been uh, considering how really talented this cast is. Mm -hmm. But I'm really eager to see more. There was such a really delightful, better off Ted kind of vibe that I was just like, oh, just go, go a little further in that direction. Just go a little bit further and I'll be happy. Uh, but the, I, 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 I was really charmed by quite a bit of it. And I loved the opening credit sequence. I think it's, phenomenal mm-hmm. uh in which they have the cast sketched into these iconic scenes from like golden age comic book covers or uh also a couple of like silver age but it's it's a very cool little thing and also it's just like something that the cast can have as well it's just mm-hmm. like look i was on a comic book <laughs> and I, I just thought that was a really i honestly the opening credits i think was probably my favorite part but i still really enjoyed the show the show overall i'm i'm eager to see more are you gonna watch more to like sample or are you kind of like just gonna tap out well i i don't dislike it you know it's not yeah. like I, like like i watched riverdale and was like nope not for me yeah this is not one of those and certainly mm-hmm. um i do i i do very much appreciate um vanessa, vanessa hudgens in this I hated the forced uh potential romance that they're trying to do with her and um uh, I feel bad for saying Abba. Danny Pudi. There we go. Danny Pudi. Danny Pudi. Um, but uh, I, there's a lot of other stuff that I do, or a lot of cast and like elements that I think could come together. So I'll probably like check in. I don't know. Um, or if I'm looking for a show and you know to to check in on, and the ones I usually watch are off that week. That kind of a thing is what I'm anticipating. For me, the strongest gag of it was the uh, the the siblings. Kate McCucci and Josh Fadum and Josh Fadum's mm-hmm. insistence that one of their coworkers was actually a superhero. Which which one is it? Green Lantern or something? I I, I think I missed that joke. So. Okay, well it was a running gag. Maybe it got cut up. Maybe they're moving it to a different episode. Yeah. But yeah, there was uh, at least in the version at Comic Con had that. Uh, so I, I was very much enjoy. I hope we get more of them. Um, those two, and uh, I could see it becoming something. It just for me, it didn't click right away, but. You know, you like it. Obviously, uh, uh, you're more more interested in, than I am. So, so I, I may very well watch along with you, and you can tell me all the comic <laughs> references that I've missed and everything, and and we can have fun with that. So, I'm not anti power. Right? No, I didn't think you were. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it sounds to me like um, you feel like I would be, however, anti Santa Clarita Diet because you specifically told me not to watch it. What's the deal here with Santa Clarita Diet? All right, so this is a Netflix show. Um, it's 10 episodes, but they're all 30 minutes. So that was a weird thing that was a th- that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting hour longs. Uh, but we've got a married couple, uh, Sheila and Joel, who are played by Drew Barrymore and Timothy Elephant, who are both really great, like, individually. And, but for some reason, that's not explained, at least within the first three episodes, Sheila becomes a zombie. And hijinks ensue, um, and it's they're not good hijinks. They're not interesting hijinks. They're, it, I I don't even uh, the best way to think about this, at least based on the first three episodes. And I had this opinion confirmed by other people who just watched the trailer, 
was that it looked like a dusted off showtime show from the mid aughts. And it plays exactly like that too. Just in that kind of, Oh, look, we're being kind of bawdy and we're being kind of gory. And we're talking about satirizing the suburbs. And I just went, well, I don't know how much more satire we can mine out of the suburbs, but we can keep doing that. That's fine. Um, Cause I feel like, I feel like that ran its course and even Suburgatory kind of realized that they needed to transition to something else a little bit. Hmm. And so a lot of the stuff feels really dated or just not particularly funny in a lot of ways. So like, it's supposed to be a joke that they're kind of not having sex anymore, but as soon as she becomes a zombie, her id takes over. So she keeps like forcing, uh, Sheila keeps forcing Joel to like perform oral sex in the first episode and it's supposed to be ha ha funny, but I just went, I, 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 I get it. I didn't need the joke like two or three times. And it's just kind of a weird vibe and energy that they have going on. Barrymore and Elephant just don't kind of click really as like a married couple. They feel more like two people who have allegedly been married for 20 years that have only been married for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, just kind of weirded out. And they should be weirded out because they're zombies. But, well, one of them's a zombie. But it's just... It feels very Showtime mid-aughts is really the best way I, to describe it. And it's not particularly fresh. It's not particularly funny. Everyone's got, like, really good timing, but script-wise and just what... I don't think that they know what to do with the scripts, basically. Mm. And I think that that's really kind of thwarting any of the energy that they could otherwise have. And, again, a lot of the satire just feels really stale in terms of... Instead of it being zombie in terms of this kind of idea of consumption and commercialism and that that repositioning of the zombie is still there, but it's tied into this idea of suburbia and the fact that she can now get rid of the repressedness of suburbia life and just start speaking her mind and getting more oral sex. And it's I don't really know what they're trying to needle exactly in a way that feels relevant. And all the more reason it feels like, again, someone just plucked it off Showtime's development shelf and went, here you go. So the response to this has been mostly positive that I've seen, which has been weird to me, but maybe they watched more of the show and it got better. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to go back and watch more, though. You watched three and you don't like it. That's plenty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's, There's too much TV to watch and there's too much life happening to watch more than three of a show you don't like. Yeah, no, I agree, but it's also, they're only like 30 minutes, so it's just like really easy. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, but instead of watching Santa Clarita Diet, we could be watching Superstore, and we would much rather be watching Superstore. This week we had Ladies Lunch. I was so glad to have it back. I was too, and I was, I, I, this was a, this was a, I really liked this episode, but I, I really liked the fact that the show kind of went, well, we can't just leave all our male cast to not off the show completely this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give them this thing to do for some reason, but really it's just an ex- excuse for these guys to goof off while we do really fun stuff with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were more interested in the, the, the lunch than in the, uh, what, what did they have a the name? Muffin, the muffin ball, muffin ball or, whatever. or whatever it is. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I uh, was enjoying, I, I kept waiting for certain of the various, 
I guess secrets, but just like the dynamics to come up and then they mm-hmm. didn't. Like I kept waiting for um oh my goodness, the teen to let slip that Jeff is gay, uh, mm-hmm. which didn't happen. Um, yeah. And I kept wait- I just so I was kind of just waiting for more things to happen. But I did enjoy just the silliness and ridiculousness of all of it. I thought that worked pretty yeah. well. And um, the the bringing the two groups back together uh, and with the guys being super awkward and but the ladies just are drunk, <laughs> so I don't notice. I thought that that paid off nicely at the end too. It did pay off nicely, and I really enjoyed how awkward jonah was and then it was just like you're drunk and she's like, yep i'm not gonna remember any of this and it's just like oh thank god uh but it's funny that you say that about the secrets because i was actually really glad that nothing came out except mm-hmm. for watching sandra's life again completely destroy itself that was so sad it was so sad and i was just i felt so bad i continued to feel so bad for sandra because i really loved how deep she went with her fantasy romance with the regional guy yeah and then just to have oh but you have a serious boyfriend with the guy that actually seems kind of cool and real and right there yeah and then just her staring at it staring at him while everyone else is doing karaoke i was just really (laughs) sad well she needs to clearly she needs to return to this establishment like just kind of stake out a spot on the bar and wait for that guy to come back Obviously. Right, and just be like, I broke up with my serious boyfriend. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Provided, provided her coworker isn't, like, involved with him now. Yeah. Oh, well, there's that. Yeah, I did there's enjoy, that. yeah, the what's-her-face stalking his husband. Um, that was that was an interesting way to do it. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, any final thoughts on, on Superstore? I, I'm glad that we know Dina's favorite part of the penis. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> watching Amy just like transition back to nope. Okay, I guess we're going back to this was yeah. was pretty darn fun. <laughs> the bottom now when you say the bottom, and it's just like, well, let me show you in this pep- pepper grinder, and it's just like, this is great. Uh, this is so Dina, so great. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That's the thing that we watched this week. Uh, but what about uh, Jane the Virgin? What did you think of of chapter fifty three? <sighs> Uh-oh. I'm struggling with I, it's it's not a bad episode, and I'm just struggling to remain invested in a bunch of the stuff that's happening on the show. Mm-hmm. And I've been like I mentioned this, I think like every other week or so, but it's one of those things where I watch like the plots kind of unfurl, and I just go, I like everyone, and I like I like I like everyone, but I can't seem to get like too invested in some of the stuff that's happening. So it was one of those things where this week, the only thing I was really interested in was Abuela's response to the story. And that, her thing of like loving it and seeing what it was doing for Jane, I was just like, oh, this is the show I like. Look at this. Look at, just let me hold the scene. And it made (laughs) me very, very happy. But I was like crying a little bit. And it was just, it was really good. And it just speaks to like I think where my priorities are with what the show does is basically I just need the uh, Villanueva women all the time mm-hmm. without having to necessarily worry about hidden cameras, wills that are shredded but then taped back together. Always burn your documents, Kate. Uh, yeah, Rule one. I was like, why would you Always not burn, burn that? Burn them, shred yeah, then burn it. You know, burn just, just burn like, it outright. Don't even shred it. It's just a small it. piece of paper, you know. Yeah. 
That, yeah, it's yeah. just one sheet. Just yeah. light it on fire, yeah. stick it in a middle trash can, and you're done. You're good. You're yeah. golden. Watch it burn. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it burns. But yeah, yeah. no, that, that's that's the kind of mistake that Petra wouldn't make. That's the kind of mistake Petra has to make for the plot to move forward. Yeah. Um, I, I was really underwhelmed by that development when that happened. Um, but I, I really did like, though, Petra's motivation that they gave her. Yeah. And, and like, I thought that was, again, they keep turning it into the, these more and more human, uh, again, motivations for, for why she's doing what she's doing and, and um, keeping us so invested in her, even when she's doing despicable things. And uh, the, the handling up with that character and the performance, too, has done, uh, is, has really elevated what should be such a really stupid character on so many other shows just a character that doesn't work beyond the first 10 episodes. Um, but she r- remains a really crucial part of the show for me. Uh, I really, I mean, for me, the highlight of this episode was one of the best lines of the year so far, which was Rogelio talking about how Donald Trump has ruined romance for everyone. <laughs> He's just to make sure he gets verbal consent before he makes out with, with uh, Justina Machado. How is that ruining romance? I think asking for consent is very romantic. Yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I, just, I thought that was well, and again, because of course the writers have talked about, yeah. you know, after the the the, the grabbing by the pussy video from Trump came out, re- rewriting and reshooting a scene because they wanted to make sure there was consent before instead of just having Jane just kiss Michael in a flashback, um, yeah. and showing that that's okay. Um, so so I I appreciate the continued awareness and uh, dedication to that from the writers over at Jane, and I thought they played it off very nicely throughout that episode um i'm getting more invested in that relationship with rogelio and i'm just gonna keep saying justina machado until i learn her name um but uh i i do i i do worry that they're gonna just do the exact same thing that they're already teeing up here like do you really think bruce is long term bruce is not long term i don't know who bruce is yeah he just hangs around and gives foot massages and wears shirts that are just a little too tight. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know who Bruce is. I have no concept of who Bruce is. Yeah, I'm and just saying that's that why I don't care. He better not crush her, stamp on her heart. You know, mooning over Zoe is all I can say. That's what's going to happen. I know, I know, <laughs> and that's why I'm not happy about it. But uh, Michael, the lawyer, is also. Apparently they're continuing with that for now, but I, I, I don't feel like anyone quite understands how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's how I don't think that you can study for the LSATs LSATs in two weeks. No. And be okay. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. But you know. So whatever. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what how how that goes. I, I'm very glad that Jane is now done with her, with her draft of her book and that's in. So I like that they we're seeing substantial, like actual progress with that. So fingers crossed what comes next. Um, I just, Oh man, I, I, they need to focus back on that porch. Ah, yes, they do. They do. Even though she's moved out, they can just go back to the porch. The porch will be okay. will always be there. Or Haley will build them a new one or have his crew build them a new one. He'll have his cream, his crew work 24 hour, another 24 hour shift and build the new porch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our next show. That's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Is Josh free in two weeks? Um, This one, um, yeah, I I liked Bridezilla, but not really 
Bridezilla so much as just losing her mind. Uh, Rebecca uh, throughout this, I liked the way they brought V back in, and I thought that made a lot of sense and and really worked. And and because Rebecca was already totally fine just copying somebody else's wedding, mm-hmm. having having her just copy Valencia's wedding also I thought worked mm-hmm. very nicely. And yeah, I just. I thought I thought it was another really solid episode, and I'm gonna miss it when it's, you know, on hiatus after next week. Yeah, I I, I liked this episode okay. I liked all the Rebecca stuff with the wedding and everything, mm-hmm. but everything with uh, his name's Nathaniel, right? Yeah, Nathaniel. Nathan? Yeah, Nathaniel. Okay, was just I'm I'm already kind of fr- they they started this last week, but I'm already kind of frustrated that they're just sanding off all his edges. Yeah, and it's just I understand that. This is a show that really functioned well without any sort of, like, antagonist, really. Mm -hmm. So to introduce one and then be like, "Uh, we're going to sand off all his edges, and but he's also going to be the reason that Rebecca is wanting to get married in two weeks, but we're not going to have them really interact with each other this week. And, yeah, I'm just like, I don't understand what we're doing exactly. And it may snap into focus with the finale. And if it does, that's great. I'll be excited. Uh, but I, it just gets back to this idea that you and I discussed um, after, like, the holidays when it had two episodes back-to-back. And it was just like, all of this is happening really quickly. And some of it makes sense, but a lot of it just from a narrative perspective in terms of pacing just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. And or feels really earned in a lot of ways, and I was I was really struggling with that again to this week, including up to him flying out her dad. Mm-hmm. And I get why he does it. I understand yeah. why he does it, but it's just it ha- it their relationship in that moment just doesn't justify it for me, narratively speaking. Yeah. So I'm just I'm struggling with a lot of the stuff that they're needing to do to get to where I think they want to be with this finale. But I don't know. I, I, I'm still really enjoying the show. Uh, but I just, yeah, I, I just, it, it's too much too fast. We really didn't need man nap. Yeah, we didn't. That number just didn't go anywhere. And it really disrupted the flow of, of how the episode was going. Because I, I kind of, I was watching this and I realized, oh, they haven't had a song yet. It's like, oh, yeah. but but it's working. They should and then they went to the completely extraneous song, did like I get you feel like you need to have this. but I was like, guys, you really didn't need that one. And then they had the thing with Patrick, that torch song, which was wonderful, I thought, to really, yeah. really terrific. Um and it's like you just should have done a one epi- one song episode. That yeah. would have been much better. Um, as much as we all love Daryl. But um I do think that if you want to humble a character whatever they were doing to nathaniel will do it (laughs) yeah that's true and some props on the physical comedy of that to the actor um the i i think it's also really great that they're showing the doubts from her but also from josh i really like the the time that and energy they're giving to that in the this episode um is we'll see what happens in the finale but i would be very surprised if the wedding actually happened so her therapist will be so happy <laughs> oh man can we just like paula i hope right? she's invited to the i hope she's invited to the wedding yeah. i hope rebecca invites her therapist to the wedding. i would be very surprised that's exactly what rebecca would do so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Look, look how well adjusted I am. <laughs> no, this is not well adjusted. This is not. I was going to get another kayak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, but Paula uh, on the phone with, with Rebecca's mom, like. Oh, God, so good. So good. We love you, Paula. You're the best. Paula um, is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maya's also the best. Maya's also pretty great. And they, I would very, be very happy if Seth Green popped back up in a future time. <laughs> Just as Patrick for just, you know, and, and having the stinger be, um, was it, is it Trent? Rebecca's I I saw the stinger. Rebecca's, um, stalker basically. <laughs> I didn't see the stinger. Oh, oh, no. oh yes. There's tell me about the stinger. The stinger is at the very end. The, it was, was him seeing the, uh, um, the, the announcement of the wedding or whatever in the okay. paper and just being like. Not on my watch or whatever it was. Not if I have anything <gasps> to say about it. <laughs> I'm excited now about this wedding. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the perfect thing to bring back. That should add just the right element of, you know. So, yeah, that should be super fun. So looking forward to that. Um, Especially because it's not just her. It's all the guys know him as well from yeah. the last time he popped up. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. But uh, I'm expecting a lot of hijinks and ridiculousness and then a couple punches of pathos to end the season should be good should be good and at least we're getting a third season at least so. we're getting a third season. i would be responding very differently if this was like yeah. the second the last episode ever sure no <laughs> that and that's fair i think that's a good frame of mind to have with it it's just like there's plenty they've got a third season so mm-hmm. we're okay yeah Yep. Um, well, our last show for the week in comedy is Full Frontal with Samantha B, which we don't always check in with, but we wanted to no. this week because she was on fire. It was so, so wonderful. Um, Bunker Talk, I think, was my favorite sec- segment. Yes. Yeah. I-, I liked the joke that this wasn't intended to become a, become a recurring bit, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had to do it. Yeah. The her no. her description of the government's argument uh, for for the executive order was yeah that's it's basically exactly what it sounds like from everything yeah. I've read so yeah right and I I'm admittedly not a law student anyway I haven't studied for the L stats mm-hmm. for, for the two weeks. two weeks that it takes yeah <laughs> for the two weeks that it is required to do it while watching soccer mm-hmm. I haven't done that but. I'm pretty sure that her description of it, because I want to, is <laughs> is the is the correct justification that the White House thinks it has with this particular executive order. But everything about from having the ACLU lawyer come on and talk and explain some of the stuff that was going on to her parsing out, this is what a refugee is. This is what an immigrant is. These are very different things that we're dealing with. And this is a really important to make and one that I hadn't seen really made elsewhere. Yeah. And I really appreciated that the show took the time to be like, these are two very different things, but we're treating them like they're the same thing. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I really liked is that because they'd already covered this, they didn't go into the sheer amount of what has to be done to even get into the country. Yeah. Like they did that like week two mm-hmm. of the show. They're just like, this is what this takes everyone. And so they didn't rehash that in any real way, which was good because they just, by now people should know basically. It's just like, it takes two years to get here. <laughs> yeah. They should, but they yeah. don't seem to, but they don't. And they aren't interested they just, in learning. Right. And, or they just don't care. Yeah. There's that too. 
Oh, the options. Yeah, or oh, the options. But no, she. It was a really. It was a very lit show, and I was very glad. This like it has made me very glad that they shifted to Wednesdays because it just gives them a little extra time to like parse out anything from last week. Mm-hmm. But it also gives them time to incorporate anything that happens on like Monday or Tuesday now. Yeah, and. I'm just, I'm really glad that the show's on and that this is a voice that's being heard and heard very loudly and is starting to get, like, a lot of traction with, like, getting folks on to come on to talk about things now. Yeah. And I'm, even if it is in a hidden bunker in a soul cycle gym. <laughs> yeah, and I also just, it was so satisfying to hear her finish the first segment before commercial and say, and we're going to be back with more because we have so much more to say. Cause I feel like that's yeah. how all of us feel right now. Um, yeah. I look forward to just, we need more of it, but I like the, the, the fact that it's once a week is part of what lets it be so good. Yes. But it's hard not to be greedy. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Oliver coming back, which, you know, I, I think I'm at the point where I appreciate Sam B's delivery, her uh, perspective, and the um, the energy she brings even more than John Oliver. But now I'll have one on Sunday, and I'll have one on Wednesday, and I check in for all the different, you know, like the different closer looks that Seth Meyers is doing. Um, I also have appreciated all of the, like when he brings his writers out, especially his female writers to talk, uh, do bits on Seth Meyers. Yeah. That, that is, um, I, I've really enjoyed that. Uh, John Stewart coming on Colbert. Apparently Colbert is passing Jimmy Fallon in the ratings for like the, some of the first times right about oh. now. Which, well, that's, that's, that's nice to know. Yeah. It's very interesting. And, uh, yeah. I think that is appropriate, but, um, I'll have to keep an eye on that to see if that's just like a, a blip and Fallon returns to, you know, owning in the ratings or if that's something that is more of a larger trend. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, Sambi, we love you. We love you so much. You're doing good work. No. <laughs> oh, did you see like Corden's opening? No. Do I need to seek that out? I've heard rumblings. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, I mean, I can describe it for you if you want, but it's really good in that uh, they pre-taped all their shows this week because mm-hmm. he was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And it's basically him driving. He's in his car. He's driving. And then he, it's basically, he's got like a couple of cam- like small pin cameras attached to him. And so we watch him go through check-in at the airport, go through security, mm-hmm. uh, hand over his ticket and all this stuff and get on the plane. And then it cuts to black, and he's just like, and it's just like, everyone should be able to travel this easily, mm-hmm. not just white people and Christians. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> we're just not doing car- carpool karaoke over here anymore. Okay. <laughs> yep. And but no, it is really good. It's like ninety seconds, um, but it is it's it's really good. It's really good. I would I would look for it for people looking to kick out the immigrants. That also means James <laughs> Corden. Right. <laughs> you know, that also means uh, Samantha B too. She's Canadian, right? She's got she's got her US citizenship. Yeah, but but you know what I mean as far as immigrants. Right. No, I mean, yeah, she made that point in her show. Yeah. Right? She's yeah. just like I've got my citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh what wins your week in comedy this week? Uh I'll give it to Sam B this week. Mm-hmm. Uh just really like I said, just really lit show and a really a much needed catharsis after that weekend. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What won your week? 
uh, tip of the hat to Crazy Looks Girlfriend, but I also need to give it to uh, to Sam B. And uh, yeah, just keep it coming, keep it coming, lady. Very excited for you know having. I'm just glad. Imagine if her show, if this show hadn't gotten picked up right now. Oh, you know. I don't know what I would be doing. I would probably be more curled up in the fetal position, crying <laughs> much more than I already am. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's helping. It's helping. Um, now we'll take a break, listen to some more music, and come back with our week in genre and drama. This week in genre and drama, we're going to keep it uh, on the short side here. We're going to do a quick roundup of the CW superhero shows. So Supergirl, We Can Be Heroes, The Flash, Dead or Alive, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, The Legion of Doom. Um, You have to say Doom. You can't just say Doom. Like, it's required. Um, And then I'll talk a little bit about Arrow, Second Chances. Then we'll move over and talk a bit about Elementary over a barrel. So, uh, Noel. Uh, where were you at with the CW superhero shows this week? I know that you're off the Arrow bandwagon. Yes. Um, but how about the other ones? How do the other ones treat you this week? Uh, all pretty good for the most part this week. Um, I, I, Supergirl was a little heavy on like needing parallels to happen in terms of its structure of needing to save people in that are being victimized. And so that... It all got kind of laid on a little bit, um, too heavy for me. But um, so the live wire stuff with the, the Mad Doctor played by Stephen Valentine, and then dealing with Magan's uh, telepathic attack from some White Martians, and John needing to save her and figure out what needed to be done there. Um, just. The parallels were a little too too like strong, even if the show over the episode overall was pretty entertaining, and I liked uh, the uh, training of Mon El, even if I don't particularly like his current costume of looking like Bono, um, <laughs> which is a weird choice, but we'll go with it for now, and so we'll see how that goes. Mainly, I was like, one of the things that I'm kind of hoping to happen as everyone navigates these new superhero roles is seeing James and Monel start to like bond over the fact that Kara just doesn't, doesn't deal with them very well as a mentor. And them just being like Kara, man, it's just like, I know I can't do anything right. And just the amusement factor of watching these two guys like start to like bond a little bit, I think would be really amusing. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, but it was overall an okay episode. Uh, Flash, I thought, was also okay. Um, my big takeaway was just the fact that the show finally wants to give Iris West something to do in terms of... I'm so glad. I know, right? And <laughs> I, I got excited, and then I got not excited because one of the things that hit me really hard with this was that Iris is just like, I want to be something other than the girlfriend, the sister... And the daughter, I want to be the reporter. I want to leave a mark. I want to do this thing that I feel like my mother wasn't necessarily able to do as a woman. And then 
she says all of this to Wally, and I'm just like, yeah, 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 let's do this. I don't care that it's kind of grounded in the fact that you think you're going to die and you don't have any faith in anyone else about being able to save you. But, I but really, it's a great point. But yeah. it's a great point, and I'm really excited about this, and I'm excited, I'm excited that the show is aware of the fact that Iris has just been these things and hasn't done anything mm-hmm. else. So I was just, like, really pumped. And then Barry goes, but your mom left two great things, the brave Wally and the girl I love. And I just went, no. Oh, my God. Right? It's terrible. And I was just like, Barry, you're the show's mouthpiece and protagonist, and she didn't fight you back on this point at all. Because yeah. Cisco interrupted because they had to go fight a woman from another the earth. And I just went, no. Because <laughs> I was really upset by that. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's, it's, she's making this great point of she wants to have something tangible in her life outside of her relationships. She yes. wants to have work. She wants to have purpose, which is something that everybody on their team has except for her and her father has it through his work and so she's trying to commit to her work so that she can have that satisfaction and that that fulfillment and and that she, and, and being I, I loved when they brought up the mother because i hadn't thought about that at all but of course that would be on her mind because her mother died not that long ago yeah um and so to to then have it reassured no your mother left a legacy she had babies yeah so that's the most important thing you can do. It's like you're missing, you're missing the point. And you're talking about how my brother is brave and you are somebody that I love. It's like, oh, you can do better, Barry. Yeah, he's such better. a dingus. Oh, uh, my God. Well, and that's, just, that's the show not realizing it's sexism. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you know, as opposed to, like they're, like, they're coming up with, they're, like, going up to the line, going up to the line, and then let's step all the way back because we don't even realize the you know unfortunate message of that yeah yeah so that's where i was with flash even if i liked a lot of the stuff and i liked the fact that i feel like iris is going to start like doing these really bold things because she thinks she's going to die um and but the other thing that i liked is that the other thing that made me again kind of cautious about it was the fact that it's kind of like a early fridging in a lot of ways in that this isn't about furthering Barry's character development with uh, Iris's alleged death happening, but Wally's, because now Wally has to get fast enough to save her. And yeah. I just went, oh, guys, there's so much good stuff, but you're all falling back into the same traps. Mm-hmm. How, how did this happen? And... <laughs> But so that stuff was that that was the big key part about the episode. I I enjoy Cisco flirting with every slightly dangerous woman he meets. And yeah. that's always adorable and Carlos Valdez is terrific in it. But that was like the big takeaway was all the Irish stuff this week and I felt like this was the first time in two and a half seasons where I went all the Irish stuff was the big takeaway this week. Yeah. <laughs> and where they were actively focused on that. Yes. Where it's not like Oh, the Iris stuff was good, almost accidentally, but it's like yeah. this was clearly on their mind. Yeah, for me, the um, the stuff with uh, with Cisco, I really like the idea because like the idea that he's gonna go up against Gypsy and win is absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a lot of fun with that, but I I did like the way they kind of sidestepped it to basically say, no, he's way stronger. He just doesn't want to be that. So yeah. he pulls in like and to have her recognize that actually, no, she she's he's got significant skills, but he's afraid of what that means. So that's why 
you know, he keeps screwing up and he's not as as polished because he, you know, subconsciously doesn't want to be. I thought that that actually worked really nicely and was a good idea. So I look forward to seeing how they, like, develop that and how they explore that. Um, but, yeah. Oh, and before we move on to Legends, let me just say quick about uh, Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah. I, yeah. What, um, what I liked uh, or appreciated about this episode uh, was a couple things. First of all, I appreciated Kara not getting upset with Alex at her not having told, you know, yeah. Kara about it's like I love that she's like, Wait, do you knew too? Everybody knew but me. Like it's not that I really appreciate that they didn't over dramatize that. Yeah. Um, and that she's not like super upset that they didn't that they lied. Like it's just like she gets it. I appreciate that. Um because this is a woman who understands secret identities. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was good. Um and uh, I really like as we've commented on Previously, I really like getting to see Wynn and uh, Jimmy, or sorry, James, have buddy time, you yeah. know? I, 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 that's such a better use of the two of them. And it took a while, but I think I'm officially on board the ship for Kara and, and Monal. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I was less convinced, but by the end of this episode, you know, I'm just sitting there being like, oh, come on, people. This is ridiculous. Just smush your pretty faces together. Let's go. If you're not gonna be, if you're not gonna be smushing your pretty face into into Lana, yes, you know, exactly. Lena, sorry, Lena. Yeah. Uh, then come on, this you got a puppy dog right here who's very nice, who you obviously like, and it well, and if they want to do something different with her and have her be asexual or have her, um, be be queer or have her just not just it's somewhere else in the spectrum, then that's fine. Um, if she's supposed to be straight. Um, this is now three different ridiculously attractive, ridiculously smart, kind, wonderful well, people. To be fair, Mon-El have... is a big liar. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm saying you, first it was Wynn and also James and now Monel and And then um, uh, Kat's son. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so it's like if they're going somewhere with that more interesting, that's awesome than – absolutely way to go i look forward to where they're going to go with it if um if if they're just like stretching out an eventual thing yeah. with her and monel then i think they need to you know try <laughs> they, need to, they need to rejigger how they're structuring that because i don't think it's quite working yeah um, and but it's just the fact that he's so adorable and chris chris wood is very very good at playing all of these beats just mm-hmm. like this is he ends the whole confession with like a high five, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, that's so sad. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so they, I think they've done really well with that. And we know that there's more coming yeah. with him of whatever his secret background is. But, um, but yeah, so I, I thought on the whole that there was a lot in this episode that I, that I thought worked. And um, yeah, I look forward to the return or the 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 White Martians, and you got the Dominators. They've got a lot brewing, so we'll see. Terry Hatcher's going to be on soon. It's the big bad. Yes, very, I'm very exciting. Excited. Also, Kevin uh, apparently Kevin Sorbo. Yes, yeah. yes. So they're yeah. they're having a lot of fun with their '90s yeah. uh, casting. Should be should be fun. Well, let's move on to Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Legion of Doom, and uh, Victor Garber got to do stuff. Oh gosh, I feel like everything involving uh, Lily. It's Lily, right? Lily Lillian, Shire? yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has been like a Mia Culpa from the show to when Victor Garber was doing press over the summer in the lead up to this and being like, they kept forgetting about Martin's wife and I kept having to remind <laughs> them about it and how just kind of 
annoyed he came off in every interview about it. And there's like, we're sorry, Victor Garber. Here's a big juicy storyline for you involving your daughter. And I just mm-hmm. went, this is all really good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Victor Garber's just knocking it all out of the park, too, is the really nice thing, which you would expect because he's Victor Garber. Um, but it's it's really it's really interesting. And it's a really fun sort of way of dealing with not real real what to do when you didn't have when you didn't realize you had a child is like one of those things that gets played up like you have a secret son or a secret daughter mm-hmm. and but this is a daughter that you created through your own ineptitude by messing with time travel but you have all these memories of her but you know that she's not supposed to exist and just all this all these elements of how really conflicting this is and her own response to it is also just really compelling and really interesting. And I've really latched onto this as like a plot line for the show to keep mining for really good dramatic stuff. And it's been it nicely balanced all these silly but still really fun supervillain stuff that we had this week. Yeah. And so I was really glad that the show really balanced both of those impulses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff with the Legion of Doom, I, I I really enjoy the nerdy like dedication to that title <laughs> from our our newbie on the team, mm-hmm. uh, our historian. But um, yeah, I I don't care about Rip. Yeah. So that part wasn't working for me at all. But I can watch Barrowman and um, McDonough chew scenery. I know for quite a long period of time. Um, you know, and the fact that there was something more interesting and weighty happening on the other part of the show, yes. I think helped counterbalance that too. There was, it was the right amount. Now, if we had another episode like this again, I think yeah. it'd be too much, yeah. but taking one episode to just really have fun with the Legion of Doom and, and establishing them, I think worked. And, uh, yeah, they, they ha- seem to have a much better sense of their tone. They still have, they're having trouble, um, balancing the cast and giving everybody stuff to do, but at least they're really like they you bring on your villains and give them everything to do while you're not giving your main cast anything to do but at yeah. least the people who are getting stuff it's much better material than yeah. in last season i would say yeah except for amaya who's really struggling to have anything 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 at all yeah, yeah that's very true yeah but tell me about arrow and like they're recruiting a new black canary this week right or were they yes, were attempting they to? did oh they yes, did they did okay recruit a new yes and it's someone uh from the name is from the comics and everything um i don't care mm-hmm. at all but uh the part of the episode that i did uh, care about was where we was it the flashbacks find- <laughs> it's never the flashbacks though it's nice to see talia al ghul that was cool um but the part of the episode i did like was the stuff we get with felicity um where she's reached out to by a uh, someone who followed her exploits in as a hacktivist when she was in college okay um and so this idea that she's now maybe getting close back to those roots a bit more and we'll be you know you know we'll, we'll be exploring that again in or, or toying with it um but um, I, I thought I, th- I thought that that was a neat way to give them a, the next piece of information or, or data or evidence that they needed to continue the plot. Uh, we'll see how that ties back in. The, they can't really have Felicity get caught by the cops for hacking because it would break the show. Um, but at a well, certain they point, have, I feel they have like Curtis. yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like at a certain point though, they're gonna the with the way that they're teasing that and playing with that. I feel like they need to come back on that 
in some way. Like I feel like they're they're hitting this up so much that if they're not setting up something, then it'll be a little disconcerting. Also, Oliver is now just telling everyone who he is. He tells he he reveals his identity to the new Black Canary before she's even the new Black Canary. It's just like, come on, guys. That that's Very a sloppy. little much. At least you didn't tell the district attorney who's the vigilante guy. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I thought on the whole it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I need to have um, I need to have uh, Mr. Terrific. He needs to get back with his husband. That still, need, I still not happening. No, Nothing on that. No, no, no touching uh, on that. But I, I'm very invested I know, in his yeah. personal life. So I want to see that happen. We'll see nothing new on that front. Um, but let's move on to a superhero of a different sort, and that's Elementary over a barrel. This was a step up. Yeah. From the most recent new episode. No. And it also, like, shook up the format, too, which was really nice as well. Um, we still had a homicide that we were investigating, but because of the framing and because of like the time limit aspect of it, everything. Th- one of the things we I knocked the kidnapping episode for was that it was supposedly very urgent, but no one seemed very vexed about the urgency. This mm-hmm. week, everyone's very vexed about the urgency, <laughs> and it was really nice because. And but it was also one of those things where well, we're deciding to make the urgency urgent by making sure that Joan is actually in danger. And even though we can feel fairly confident that she's not in any actual danger. But, it's a CBS procedural. She'll be fine. Right. But they actually committed to this idea that they, they had a deadline, that they needed to do this very quickly. And it resulted in a really fast-moving procedural episode that still felt elementary in that, well, you know what weird rip-from-the-headline things we haven't talked about? Maple syrup smuggling, which is an mm-hmm. actual thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really glad to see that kind of like loosely incorporated into the episode. And it just created a really nice um, framework for the show to do what it normally does, but just a little bit differently. And I really appreciated that. I didn't appreciate like the really tidy resolution that it provided with the um, the tolling laws and everything mm-hmm. and how very quickly that that was given to us. Every, everyone, again, becomes a really quick day six machina to solve the episode's problems, um, including yeah. needing to explain why Johnny Lee Miller is going to have a shaved head because he had to go shoot a movie. <laughs> um, so it, it became a it was really, really tidy and the show's kind of falling back on that a little too often. But the the episode overall made up for that, for me anyway. How did you feel about this? I thought it was fun. And I yeah. thought, it, like you said, it changed up the, the format, changed up the dynamic a bit uh, in a way that worked really well. Um, the actor whose name I can't remember, who's terrific, who is a guest star in this one, whenever he's in an episode, I'm going to like it because he's always terrific. He's always great. Um, um, so I appreciated his... Uh, the the weight he brought his his um, performance I appreciated them just kind of being callous jerks throughout the whole opening you know montage as yeah. we uh, as, as we see the, him get rebuffed time and time and again I would kind of have liked it if um, there was no conspiracy it was just like a thing you know like but then it's a different a very different episode right but because of course this was tied to this larger thing which is tied to this larger thing like. 
you know. It would be neat to have an episode like this where it's just somebody beat up your kid. Here's who beat up your kid. Yeah. And they're actually they're like, it seems like there's larger nefarious ties, but then it turns out that there isn't. But then that maybe sparks the next different branching, branching off nefarious thing. Um, how many times can I say nefarious? Apparently at least four. But um, <laughs> but I, it was nice. It would have been nice to see Lucy Lou get more to do. But, but the role she was in really fueled the rest of the episode and it let us get more time with Marcus, which I also always enjoy. Right. And Lou's scene with, um, towards the end with... Um... Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who's the fellow who's got everyone yes, yes. held hostage. Uh, that last scene at the end um, where she gets the message about scooching him closer to the window for the sniper shot and everything, that scene mm-hmm. is incredible. Like, Lou is, like, just in it. And mm-hmm. I just really loved that scene. And it made up for, like, kind of the passivity that she has to, like, kind of have within that episode. But the thing is, it's just, like, Whitlock is such a really good actor that that stuff all works much better than it probably should have and like should yeah in like lesser hands a lot of that just comes off as like really cliched but as you said isaiah whitlock jr can't really do anything wrong because he's he's that talented an actor that he can elevate pretty much anything you give him to make it feel fresh and new or at the very least compelling and urgent and urgent and we can we cannot say nefarious and urgent like 80 times now (laughs) um but it it all worked very very well, and I I was really happy with this this week's episode. Yeah, hopefully we get more like this coming. Yeah, and uh, any of these episodes that have a ticking clock or a A leads to B leads to C leads to D, that structure tends to just give momentum in a way that um, most procedurals benefit from. So. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice to get a couple more of those. We'll see. Uh, what wins your week in genre and drama? Since the both shows that would actually win our week in genre and drama, <laughs> we're spotlighting in our next segment. So right. Of no, these uh, ones. It, w- it would have been it would have been shows in our next segment. But uh, I'll give it to Legends of Tomorrow this week. Uh, just for nicely balancing its two impulses as well as it did with uh, Legion of Doom. What about you? Um... These are all kind of like the same for me. Um, like, I guess, I guess elementary. I don't know. I'm just gonna give it to Top Chef. I'm okay. gonna throw some love for Top Chef in here. I did enjoy. They did brunch this week, so oh, I'm always. God, I miss brunch. Yeah, I need a brunch. brunch. Is a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll do that. I'll throw reality some love there. Um, now we will take a break and come back with our spotlight on Steven Universe, um, the Steven Bomb from this week, and also Adventure Time Island. So we'll be right back after this. you want to be here what do you ever see here that doesn't make you feel worse than you do and tell me what's the use of feeling blue why would you want to employ her subjects that destroyed her why keep up her silly zoo tell me what's the use of feeling blue an army has a use, they can go and fight a war. A 
Sapphire has a use, she can tell you what it's for. And Agar terrifies, a lap is terrified. Where's the diamond when they need a blue? You've got to be a little blue. That was Ms. Petty Lapone being amazing and uh, having her second song of the year, uh, of the TV year, um, from the Steven Universe. Uh, this here, we wanted to spotlight and spend a little extra time on the Steven bomb we got this week uh, that first leaked by Cartoon Network at the beginning of, of January, um, as well as spend some quality time with Adventure Time Islands. So first up, Noel, is Steven Universe. Uh, were you excited that this finally went live so we could actually talk about it? I was excited, but watching it again, I realized that a lot of it was my excitement was basically limited to talking about, like, light distortion, and mm-hmm. then that will be all. I was just like, all of this is, like, individually kind of, like, good narrative stuff that they did, but only a couple episodes, like, really grabbed me in any real way, which is kind of rare for Stephen Baum when they do these kind of, like, long little miniseries arcs, uh, but... Yeah, just the light distortion episode and then the finale of That Will Be All just really, really grabbed me for a couple of reasons. But, like, light distortion is just such an emotionally driven episode of Steven realizing things about, like, what he wants and how he kind of put a lot of people in danger from being really reckless with this. And it's also just really great voice acting from, I can't remember his name. Um, Zach Callison. Yeah, Zach Callison. Um it does really, really great work throughout this entire thing, especially like the first few episodes. Um, but he's really, really good in light distortion. And I just, I really, really liked it. And I really liked the physical comedy as well of the gems all like switching like body types and just all the sort of like humor that came out of the gravity stuff with the ship. Um, so how did you feel about everything prior to, like, the finale, I guess? Because I think the finale is where we can kind of dig into some other stuff. Well, yeah. Um, I think that's interesting because, for me, I really liked Stephen's Dream. Mm-hmm. And Adventures in Light Distortion, I was like, okay, we're filling time. I mean, okay. it's pretty filling time. It's interesting filling time, but it's filling time. Um, I really connected with uh, the stuff we got in Stephen's Dream of – uh, I, I really liked the connection that Stephen had with Blue and um, the tease of the palanquin, uh, palanquin, or however it's pronounced, um, um, that had been, you know, quite a few episodes back. And the watching Stephen have to deal, because he's been, he's grown up in, in an environment that's been very supportive, very open. Um, and the gems have always, you know, really been that type of of parental figure to him um and so to see garnet just shut him down like that is not something we're used to uh so watching him kind of have to deal with that was interesting for me um and then uh where you know having blue show up and and just like be such a lovely contrast to the only other diamond we've seen so far which is yellow um was was really neat and of course, all the little teases of um, there's so little time left. Of course, keep in mind that they are on it. The diamonds and all the gems live thousands and thousands and thousands. So, like, their sense of what a little time is might be right. very different than the human perspective. But um, it was like only 70 years to get there, <laughs> you know. Um, that was. Um, My I dad's that was... not that healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I, I really liked that part of it. And. Um, and again, the the emotions of of blue and really focusing in on 
Yes, they might be evil totalitarian rulers, but they still lost their sister, you know, which kind of comes back again in 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 that will be all. Um, I, I really like that part of it. Uh, light distortion. I agree with everything you said. It just didn't hit me as, as strongly as it did mm-hmm. you. Um, I like. I had some fun with Gem Heist. Um, yeah. And the zoo, the zoo. It was that was interesting for me. I'm not sure. I quite know what I think about it yet. Yeah. I think that'll depend on if we see those people again or sure. not. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I think. Yeah, I I, I kind of struggled with a lot of the zoo just in terms of conception and storytelling, and just going, okay, so we've got this, we've we've got breeding programs in place. That's interesting. We've got a very docile group of folks, and this feels like a weird little. Uh, uh, time machine H.G. Wells time machine sort of setting uh, without Morlocks present. Yeah. And so I, 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 I was very like, this is fine but like you, I just didn't quite know what to do with any of it beyond going, well, we needed this so that we could get Greg back. And that we needed an adventure with Greg, which mm-hmm. I always like having adventures with Greg. But I was just went, I don't know what to do with all of this as, like, a concept. And the show's not quite, like, grabbing it, which is fine, because we need to deal with the other big things in the room, literally. And <laughs> so I understand that. But like you, I kind of almost need to, like, wait until they go, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, well, let's let's talk about that will be all then. Yeah. Um, and... I think like the stuff the the stuff we get with the diamonds obviously is huge, um, but the, the watching it a second time, what most hit me was Pearl and yes. our Pearl and trying to imagine her before Rose Quartz and before finding her voice and being herself and the way that like we knew some of this stuff about yes. the hierarchy and everything we knew this before, but actually seeing it is you know just sing for me you know like like all of that like actually seeing it and imagining pearl in that life um and then thinking back on the different struggles we've seen with her with having her own voice and with expressing herself and with her independence and all these different things like re just adds another layer of understanding to the character that i think has been in the writing the whole time um but for me that was that was what i most appreciated about about getting to see more of the the gem hierarchy no and i i I feel like that's really true because she was a blue diamond pearl right no she would have been pink oh right she would have been pink oh you're right she would have been pink i just i felt like she had like the droopy hair so i thought she was a blue diamond pearl but no she's a pink you're right anyway um no just that the the little instances of a class hierarchy including like with the other amethysts uh was just a that was just all the amethysts all of the amethysts it was so wonderful to (laughs) see her feel so included because she's never had that yeah and then like an uppity kind of out to the side uh jasper um trying to be cool but it's just (laughs) like you're surrounded by all these goofballs (laughs) uh so no i really enjoyed all the gym hierarchy stuff but i also enjoyed the fact that I mean, we were talking about, like, Blue Diamond's, uh, like, connection to everything, but also connection to Pink. 
and the kind of totalitarianism, but I really enjoyed that kind of pivot that happens with Blue Diamond at the at the end of that episode where she just immediately goes, I didn't send you over there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like a completely different, like, Blue Diamond kicks in from the one that we've seen previously. And even with, like, within the animation of the character, like, the face just changes just a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of how the eyes are expressing who the character is. But also even, like, the voice performance from the singer um, Lisa Hannigan, I want to say is her name, um, like, shifts really subtly as well. And I really, really appreciated that. But I also appreciated by the same token that we got a little bit of Yellow Diamond acknowledging through the song that she's also mourning, but like in deep sort of repressed denial about feelings about it. And I really, I like that the show is making sure that they're all kind of complicated totalitarian despots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As opposed to really one-note ones. Um, So I I liked what came out of that song for both of those characters. Well, and the fact that the song is, what's the use of feeling? Yeah. Not, what's the use of feeling blue? Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate the, the... what they're playing with there lyrically and and then the way it ends. Um, Yeah, and and those two very different responses to, to pink being shattered by rose quartz. Uh, I leaves me very curious of what white can be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm, I'm really afraid to find out at this point. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, how did, did you like the song? what do you think of the song? I really did like the song. Uh, I, I, it was a very different kind. I, th- we talked about this a little bit with like, um, don't, uh, the suffering song from uh, Crazy X, but I mean, this was again like a really good, like Patti Lapone type of song to give her mm-hmm. that uh, finds like different sorts of levels for her to sing through and do something with. And I, re- I really enjoyed the performance of the song a lot. Yeah. And the, it was sort of like a huh song for me, but I do like it more the more I listen to it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, um, I didn't like. I really didn't latch onto it the first time, like when it was leaked. But when I watched it again today, I just went, "Oh, this is this is a lot better than I gave it credit for like two weeks ago." Yeah, and even just like the the drum beat underneath it, the dum da 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 dum with the more militaristic yellow. I think that, that there's some nice touches there too. So, um, yeah, it was it, 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 this, that one's certainly growing on me because it, it was like. You have Patty Lapone, and this is all you give her. But I think there's more, you know, like the more I listen to it, I'm finding more depth in it and uh, certainly appreciating it. And I'll take any Yellow Diamond song over no Yellow Diamond song. So thank ah. you very much to Rebecca Sugar and company. Um, ah. Ivine Sarashu. Um, well, I'm, any other thoughts? Sorry? Just that I'm really excited about next week's episode. <laughs> I am, we, because yeah. ne- next week's episode is Connie teaming up with Lapis and Peridot, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll get any fusion? Oh gosh, I don't. I don't know if like, probably not from Lapis. I was um, like, can yeah, well, was, yeah, yeah. Lapis. I was gonna say, is the world ready for the eventual Lapis Peridot fusion? Mm. No way is the world prepared for that. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I don't even know what gemstone that would be. Uh, yeah. I would need to do research, but oh, that'll be amazing when that happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that should be a lot of fun, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, let's move on, though, to our final show of the weekend, our final spotlight here, and that is Adventure Time Islands. Now, we had The Invitation, Whipple the Happy Dragon, Mysterious Island, Imaginary Resources, Hide and Seek, Min and Marty, uh, Helpers, and the Light, and the light Cloud. Uh, I, By the way, I'm also very entertained by the fact that it's Hide the Word and Seek, and mm-hmm. it's Min at sign, and, like, and sign, ampersand, you know, uh, Marty. I thought, I was like, just grammatically, I'm like, interesting. Okay. Um, I did not know what to expect from this. I was not expecting it, certainly, to be, here's the history of <laughs> humankind. You're just going to just go there, just give you a bunch of answers. Uh, did, were you anticipating that? And what did you, how did you feel about this decision to just go this way with it? It's really funny because, like, I, I, I read the little comic book that they released um, beforehand for this, which just basically immediately picks up on the boat not long after Marceline like leaves the boat after fighting off the vampires with the humans and mm-hmm. deals with them coming to the island and starting to settle it. And, but it doesn't get into anything that happened like as recently as right now. Um, just like the establishment of exploring, getting ready to explore the island is what basically that comic book leads up to. And so I was really, I was also really surprised by the sheer amount of material that they gave us in terms of like answering everything. Uh, we still don't know how Greg got into space. Not Greg, but uh, um, Martin, 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 Martin got into space, uh, which will I'm sure will be a fascinating story. <laughs> um, but just like I said, like the sheer amount of stuff that they gave us regarding Susan and Finn and Minerva and just all of that was just really, really surprising. I was really, really surprised by it. And I wasn't disappointed by any of it because one of the things that I was conscious of, especially in the final episode where they're just revealing everything, is that I just kept going back to like a lot of like the last season of Lost episodes where they're just like, here's everything. And just going, well, that was deeply unsatisfying because from a dramatic perspective, answers are never net or almost never particularly interesting because it's just explaining. And the sh- these episodes, like Minnie, Minnie and Marty and uh, Hide and Seek and then the final episode, um, sidestep all of that by making sure everything has a really solid human anchor to it. Or... Well, yeah, human anchor is okay in this case. I had to double check to make sure in my head that they were technically all... But everything has a really good emotional anchor to the answer that they're providing. And I think that's really significant in making sure that these stories really resonate. So we've got, like, a lost friend that we wronged. We have everything that happened with Minerva's family as a result of all of that and it's just it was really it was really fulfilling on both like an emotional dramatic level but also on like a mythology level about what this world is mm-hmm. and so i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed even some of like the sillier stuff with like whipple and no one wanting to listen to him and his <laughs> his, his novel or whatever it was and but i also just yeah so how did you feel about a lot of like the narrative stuff that we got I thought it was super fun, and I liked, again, the way that it was split up. 
um, let them really explore and and take their time. They didn't just have to land and now there's humans and so so having having Finn crash and end up on his own and kind of have to figure some stuff out and explore. I thought that was nice. Um, I really liked the proportion of flashback to not flashback. I thought that worked very nicely. Um, and I thought I mean I love love that they had Sharon Horgan be the voice of, of Minnie, who's wonderful. Um, you still haven't seen Catastrophe, right? No, I haven't. Oh, man. You're going to love it when you when you have the opportunity. Um, yeah. Instead of uh, Santa Clarita Diet, watch <laughs> watch that one. That's another okay. one. That could, could, yeah, and I'm not trying to be harsh on that because I still haven't seen that one. I know you didn't like it, but you know, I'm just saying it's probably not as good as, as Catastrophe because very few things are. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was just like – I was listening to like, that's got to be Sharon Hork. It's got, I got to look it up. I got to look it up. Um, and it was. Um, so I, I, I thought that the perform- that performance worked really well. I like um, that they don't really shy away from or back down from, like, totalitarian regime again. Yeah. For her participation in and eventual ruling of, um, and that is coming from a benevolent place, theoretically, but it's also, you know, the way that they play with that, and, and especially contrasting that with Princess Bubblegum, um, is very interesting. And um, it doesn't look like they're pointing towards a narrative of free the people or whatever. Um, and I appreciated that. Uh, I think it was, again, I think it was a very interesting choice. Yeah, it was. And that was something I latched, that I caught on to, too, was the fact that Finn's major female figures that aren't a vampire um, are, mm-hmm. both, are both just technocratic despots, basically. And, yeah. But in very kind of different ways. Like, Bubblegum's benevolent-ish. Um, I mean, she's not... She doesn't outright harm her people. <laughs> but, she does try to take care of them, but also right. she's very aware that she created them. Right, no, she's very aware that she made them. And... Um, but, I mean, at the same time, she also felt bad when she blew up a crystal entity with her jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this Minerva is very much driven by the fact that she lost her son and her husband and just went, eh, never again. I'm going to go whole hog on this helper thing. Mm-hmm. And I just made an entire species of complacent human beings, even more so than, like, the VR folks, basically. And... It, it Like you said, it's a really interesting parallel for Finn to experience that kind of thing, but I don't think that Finn is necessarily aware of it within the confines of ooh because they're candy people, whereas these are his people in a lot of ways. Like, these are mm-hmm. humans that he, and this is also his mom. And I think that that makes that kind of political situation for him much more fraught than necessarily does for the candy people. Yeah. And having the ending I thought was so appropriate where it's yeah. like, okay, to freedom. They're like, oh, right now I got, I got, I got to do. Yeah. I got yeah. like, 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 but later. Yeah. But, but later. You know, <laughs> but, but I mean like, right. Do I have to go right now? Like, I thought that was so appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved Frida. Yes. And the backstory we got for, for, for Kara or Susan and her yeah. choosing the name Susan because, of course, she was just given the name Kara. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really, really nice. I hope, for, I hope we see them both again. I do, too. And I really liked that that note, the, the note that they end on feels a little more overt than what they've been able to necessarily get away with with Marcy and um, 
uh, bubblegum bubble feels yeah. a little more overt beyond just like hints of through songs and sharing t-shirts and yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing and i it feels a little more direct as direct as they can get away with anyway and mm-hmm. i was really glad to see that kind of come through there and i really liked that like you said that because of the extended flashback that we got in hide and seek and then being able to see susan's guilt over everything was and have that paid off like right now as opposed to kicking it on down the road um was really really rewarding and i really needed that and i i i I cannot wait to see what they discover in other parts of the world (laughs) yeah yeah the um the develop or the progression i guess of dr gross was also really neat to see um always enjoy london par uh london parham uh, showing up and they got another little verse from her which was neat appreciated mm-hmm. that um yeah and and the stuff we got with jake was a lot of fun and <laughs> ridiculous egg and bemo being lord of a dance club i mean come on it's, it's delightful i really like that episode in a lot of ways because and this is something that ran, runs through the entire thing that i think feel like as a miniseries they had the budget to do is that the animation for this entire thing was gorgeous. Like, it was upped a notch for a lot of stuff. But the BMO episode with the virtual reality group, the show really went back to a lot of, like, its independent comic, alt-comic type of animation, type of style roots that have, it's kind of drifted away from steadily since, like, season one and parts of season two, where it was a little zanier in its animation styling and, like, people's, like, eyeballs were, like, bulging out and, like, pulling and that kind of stuff all kind of shifted away but now we've got these kind of weird avatar bodies and it's all like their back and even like bemo's avatar muscle Mm -hmm. atlas body feels like it's taken out of like some sort of warped alt comic weekly type of thing with the weird straps that don't go anywhere and don't seem to do anything but you know that if the show wasn't a kid's show, they'd be doing something very specific. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really appreciated that that element kind of resurfaced in this kind of virtual reality world. So I really like that. But even like stuff like, I liked how the Guardian robot is constantly in shadow, even in like pure sunlight. Yeah. And it just like spoke to like, this weird sense of fear and but also fear of the unknown but fear of not willing to do anything else and Mm -hmm. just how they didn't like shy away from like making it look like an iron giant type of thing but just like this is a big scary thing that we need because of the other big scary things because we're weak and it's just it's it's a really good representation of everything and it's submerged in the ocean ocean subconscious i mean it's all really good yeah we love veg time spoiler <laughs> alert this is nothing new uh if you had to pick a favorite episode um gosh i think i'd go with minnie and marty i think was probably my favorite one just because i really liked seeing all of that play out and i especially liked having martin have some someone see something redeemable in martin i think was really important Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to even like be okay seeing Martin ever again, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so seeing Minerva like find something to like in that man was, I think, really significant, at least from for me in dealing with Martin. Uh, what about you? 
What's um well I that one or the the Susan flashback hide and seek hide and seek yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um because I, I I think it was very consistent I I liked every episode yeah um there I don't think there was a weak one in the bunch but uh, yeah just again getting that context for these characters um or that that we've either known or we've wondered about for a long yeah. time was really great and I'm so I'm so happy they did this we'll see if they have another one up their sleeves have you heard about another miniseries like this in the works i have not so i'm not sure i mean i think it's uh, several levels better than the last one which was stakes yeah stakes stakes was just kind of meh i was really just i was i was ultimately pretty disappointed in stakes but this was really really good yeah um well uh this these would have you know between this and steven universe that would have actually won our weekend genre this this week i think safe yeah. to say yeah um <laughs> let's go to a few show notes here at the end of the podcast you can find a post for this episode up at the televerse.org which is the website for the podcast you can leave us a comment there let us know what you thought of the week's tv you can also email us the t- t- the theteleverse at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, like the page, and start up a conversation or send us a message there. You can also find us on iTunes with an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. We'd appreciate any uh, listener ratings or reviews there. It helps other people find the show. It has a disproportionate effect on our uh, on our self-worth, at least podcasting-wise. Uh, so we always appreciate no, just, from just you No, just entirely. Just entirely? Just entirely. You can also uh, toy with our emotions uh, by rating us over on Stitcher, uh, where you can also find the podcast. And then, of course, we're both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse, and Noel, you are? At Noel RK. And your writing is also up at? Oh, right. My writing is also at tvguide.com. That will wrap up our episode for this week. So next week, what's coming up next week? Um, I'm not, I know like the ABC comedies are back, but I also think, yeah, the ABC comedies are back next week. Um, Will you be watching 24 Legacy? Well, no. I, I did the first episode, and I, I don't need to watch anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm good. Or Legion? Are you excited about Legion? We can talk about Legion when uh, you watch it. Because um, I'll, I'll actually... Intriguing. I'm really curious, because like, I previewed it a little bit when we did uh-huh. uh, the preview. We did our, yeah. So I'm eager for you to like watch it. I thought it started this week, um, yeah. but it's next week. Um, but the good fight starting soon. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so in. Like I'm surprised by how ready I am to have uh, Christine Bransky on my I guess laptop every yeah. week. Well, you yeah. can also get like if you have a TV with a smart device of some sort, you can. There's mm-hmm. the CBS All Access app. Yeah. Yeah. But. I'm looking forward to that. Anyways, that wraps up, as I've already said, our, our podcast for this week. Thank you, Noel, as ever. And may next week be, you know, a wonderful week OTT. Um, <laughs> and you as, too. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Listeners, uh, thank you so much, as ever, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Mm-hmm.